Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. So, uh, my youngest son, Jesse, has started weaning and uh, he's uh, in that phase where he's trying lots of new foods and tastes and you get all those weird expressions on the face. He's sort of, what is this going in my mouth? Um, this week, I think he had meat for the first time. So he had a little piece of chicken, which went down well, as far as I heard. And uh, he's got one little tooth just poking up through the bottom of his gum. So it's going to be a while before he's tucking into a proper steak. But <laughs> he's on the way. He's started that, that journey from from milk to meat. And that's a picture, actually, that's used in the Bible in the New Testament a few times, where it talks about us maturing in our faith and moving on from the milk, which is kind of like, you know, the, the basic things that we need to understand about the gospel, and then moving on to stuff that's a bit more meaty, a bit more challenging, but actually is the stuff that's going to help us take that next step of growth in our faith. And it's important for us to move from milk to me. If we stay on the milk all the time, we won't grow into the true people that God wants us to be. And so we've started a series on James, going through the letter of James, which is a small book in the New Testament. And if you were here last week, Steve started us off and talked a bit about the first few verses where it talks about us having joy in the middle of trials. So when we're going through like really difficult stuff to have joy in the middle of it, And I don't know about you, but to me, that's quite meaty stuff. That's not milk stuff. That's like, how can I have joy when I'm going through the thing I really, if I could choose, I just wouldn't be in it. But to have joy because you understand the bigger picture, you understand what God is doing in your life, even through the trial. That's a a bit of meat. (laughs) We're going to continue that series going through um, James, and I'm going to be looking at the second half of chapter one today. And so... Just encourage you to stay with me in this. It's going to be a bit more sort of Bible stuff and just looking at the verses and just be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to say in in your life today. So we're going to read a few verses from verse 19 to 27. It should come up on the screen. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress 
and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Let's just pray. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you that your word is life to us. We want to thank you, Lord, that when we receive your word, it changes us and it transforms us. And so this morning, God, as we come, we sit under your word and we ask that your Holy Spirit will give us understanding and help us, Lord, to grow in our faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So looking in the mirror is something most of us do every day. Some of us probably do it multiple times a day. Some of us probably carry a little mirror in our bags. Um, if you're like us, we've got a mirror fairly close to the front door, so that just before we step out into public, we can check that we're looking reasonably presentable. <laughs> and uh, it's something we do because we want to check that everything's in place. You know, is my hair out of place? Have I got something on my face? It's usually some action that might follow from looking in the mirror, right? Um, that's the reason we're looking in the mirror. We're not just looking in it for fun. Well, I guess some of us might be. <laughs> but normally we're looking because we want to check something we might have to go and respond to. To look into the mirror and to see something that needs attention and then to walk away and completely forget that that was there seems a bit foolish, doesn't it? And this is the picture that he uses in, this, in these verses to describe somebody who hears the word of God but doesn't put it into action. They're like a person who looks in the mirror, sees something, and completely forgets about it. Um, you see, the Bible is kind of like a mirror, isn't it? It's a mirror for our souls. And I want us to just consider two things in relation to this imagery that's, that's given to us here as we sort of start this talk. The first one is, I just want to make the statement that our, our identity needs to be shaped by hearing God's word. So if the word of God is like a mirror to us, then we need to be looking in that to find out who we are, right? We need to be looking into the word of God to find out what we are like. If we want to know what we look like physically, in the outward appearance, we look in a mirror. If we want to know what we look like inwardly, we need to look into the word of God. Because um, there, are, there are many mirrors in our world. There are many people and things that want to tell us what we are like, that want to shape our identity. And if we allow those mirrors to give us information and we act on that, we're going to be acting on false information. It's a common analogy, but you know those mirrors that they have in theme parks and fairgrounds that are designed to make us look completely weird, you know, overweight, big head, something like that. And those mirrors are giving us false information, aren't they? If a person... Um, looked into a mirror that made them look really overweight when they weren't and decided that they were going to go on a diet and kept coming back to check that mirror. <laughs> they're going to keep getting false information, keep thinking they're overweight when they're not. And so it is for us if we, if we are allowing other things to shape our identity um, that we're going to be making wrong and bad decisions in our life. We also like to play the role of a mirror sometimes, don't we? Uh, we like to tell people about themselves. <laughs> this person really knew what they were like. I could tell them a thing or two about themselves. Um, so, yeah, just, a, I guess, a, a gentle challenge to us right here. Um, what's our relationship 
recently been with God's word. The devil will do everything he can to stop us from getting into the word, from hearing truth about ourselves. He'd rather pump lies into our mind, keep playing those tapes over and over, shape our identity with false, um, with false things, rather than let us look into the word of God and allow our identity to be shaped by truth. This feels like it's a little bit close. So first thing, our, our identity needs to be shaped by the word of God. Second thing is our character needs to be shaped by responding to God's word. And this is probably the main point of this passage. Um, Our character needs to be shaped by responding to God's word. Our identity needs to be shaped by listening to God's word. Our character needs to be shaped by responding to God's word. James is a very practical letter. And in these seven, eight verses alone, there are a number of kind of clear actions for us to respond to. I'll just run quickly through them, a few of them. Verse 19, be quick to listen. Verse 19, be slow to speak. Be slow to become angry. Verse 21, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. Humbly accept the word planted in you. Verse 26, keep a tight rein on your tongues. Look after orphans and widows in their distress. Keep yourself from being polluted by the world. There's lots of kind of verbs in there, isn't there? Action, doing words. Be, keep, look after. Um, I just want to pause here for a moment because here at Beacon, um, one of the fundamental kind of ingredients, the core ingredients to our message week by week is the message of grace. Um, the truth that we're saved by grace, not by works. We don't earn our salvation because we can never do enough to earn it. Our salvation comes as a free gift because the cost of our salvation was paid by Jesus on the cross. And this is absolutely fundamental truth that we must remind ourselves of because we live in a world and a culture where we're often rewarded on what we do or what we don't do. So it's a works-based culture that we live in, and we can very easily apply that to our standing before God. And if I, need, if I do this and I do this, then I'll be accepted. If I don't do this and I do do this, then I won't be accepted. So um, I just want to kind of just pause and um, remind us that as we look at things that we need to respond to, as we look at things that we need to do, this is not about us earning our salvation with God. This is about us looking into the word, understanding what, what God is saying about us in our character, and then allowing the Holy Spirit to work that stuff out in our lives. The truth is that left to ourselves, we will always be like that person who looks in the mirror and walks away and forgets what he looks like. That's our nature. We don't actually have the power to change ourselves. And so... I don't want us to go away and suddenly like write a list of, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to work harder on this. It's not really about that. It's about allowing God and his spirit to work in us. And I like that phrase in verse 21 where it says, humbly accept the word planted in you. Because this reminds us that it's less about striving and working hard and more about recognizing that God's word is planted in us. When we came to faith, 
The seed of God's word was planted in us. It's in us. It's already there. Everything that we need to live out our faith is in us. And, you know, we'll see the parable of the sower. The sower went out, scattered seed on the ground. And Jesus said that the seed is the word of God. And it falls on the good ground. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to let that word bring forth the good fruit in us. It takes humility to accept that. It says, humbly accept the word planted in you. Sometimes we don't want the truth, do we? <laughs> we don't want to know what we really look like. We'd rather not hear it. Or, or we might think, oh, I know what I look like. I can do it in my own strength. I can fix it. It takes humility to recognize that we can't do it and that we need um, the, the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in us to change. Jesus told a well-known parable of a foolish man who built his house on sand and a wise man who built his house on a rock. The winds came, beat on the house, the house on the sand fell, the house on the rock stood. We hear that parable and we think, okay, I understand. Build your life on something solid. The storms are going to come. Make sure your life's on something solid. Build it on Jesus. And there's some truth in that, but actually Jesus makes it a bit clearer exactly what he means by this parable. So let's read it. Matthew seven twenty four to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So in both of these cases, these people heard the word, right? They heard the words of Jesus. The thing that differentiates them is one put them into practice and the other did not. And the storms will come. We talked last week about trials. These are the storms. They will come to us all. But when they come, they will test one thing. How have we put into practice the words of Jesus? That's what it's going to test. And if we have been active and responded to God's word we are much more likely to go through that storm and to even have joy in the middle of it. So let's look at a bit more detail at some of these actions that are in this passage um, and just kind of see what God wants to say to us through them. So the first one, be quick to listen. How many times do we have to be told something before we pay attention, before we listen? Are we the kind of people who we hear something once and we're like, yep, got it, I'm going to action that? The Israelites were often described in the Bible as stiff-necked people. Um, God was speaking to them and it's like their neck, their neck was stiff and they couldn't turn to hear. They were just like set in their ways. God would like have to keep repeating himself and repeating himself. 
I had a stiff neck recently, so I kind of <laughs> kind of know what that feels like when you can't sort of turn. It was like, but it was it was the attitude of their heart. And uh, every now and then, someone would rise up and be like, "Guys, this is what God is saying. Listen, put it into action," and God would bless them, and then they would go back in this cycle. Um, well, there's that picture here, and and God would. God speaks to us. He wants to speak to us. But he doesn't, he doesn't want to have to repeat himself over and over. Um, are we good at paying attention to what God is saying? And again, this requires humility and an attitude that says, I actually want to hear what God wants to say in my life. Someone said to me once, delayed obedience is disobedience. Often we kind of like, might hear something and be like, okay, I hear it, but maybe later I'll respond to it. But actually, that's disobedience because God's asking you to do something now. He's asking you to respond. So be quick to listen. It's an attitude of our heart that God wants us to adopt. Be quick to listen to him when he's speaking to us. The second one, be slow to speak. And I'm going to pair this up with a Another phrase that comes later in the passage, keep a tight rein on your tongues. Often we are slow to listen and quick to speak. And the quickness of our speaking is part of what makes us slow to listen. Um, In our prayer life, we often have much to say and very little time for listening. I believe God has more that he wants to say to us than he wants to hear from us. Say that one again. I believe God has more that he wants to say to us than he wants to hear from us. How much space do we create to actually hear from God, to hear what he wants to speak into our lives? We use a lot of words. We use words to justify ourselves, to promote ourselves, to protect ourselves, to try and protect our, um, our image or our reputation But there's this picture here, isn't there, of reigning in our tongue. Like, our tongue has this tendency to go off like a wild animal. It's untamed, it can't be controlled, and it just says things. And sometimes it shocks us. We've said something, it's come out of our mouth, and we're like, where did that come from? But it it has the potential to do damage, doesn't it? To hurt people. It can be deadly. So we are encouraged here to get control of our tongues. If this is something you feel like you don't have control of, again, this isn't about I'm going to work harder to control my tongue. This is like, God, help me to control my tongue. Help me in certain situations to know how to respond, how to say the right things, how to not gossip, or how to be a bit more patient and not just let off what I feel. Being aware that our tongues have the power to do damage. Next one, be slow to become angry. And it says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Anger is one of those things that we all have to deal with. And I think some of us probably think, you know what, I'm, I've got good control over my anger. I don't get angry very easily. And, but the thing with anger is that it's an emotion. We get angry because we feel a sense of injustice. We feel someone has taken advantage of us, that we've been dealt a bad, bad hand. We feel in that moment when we're angry that we actually have cause to have this emotion. 
We don't feel like we're doing something wrong. We feel like, I have a right to be angry right now. We are the one that's being wronged. So this is something that all of us have to deal with. This isn't about how often I get angry and blow up steam in the middle of you know, a public place and smash windows and stuff. No, this is about recognizing that we get angry when we think that our rights have been taken advantage of. And the scripture is saying, be slow to anger. We have to actually deal with that because um, that sense of right doesn't produce anything good. Anger never, human anger never produces anything good. We don't have the right to get angry in that way. And again, when we get angry, it hurts others. We begin to speak things that we shouldn't say or say it in a way that we shouldn't say it. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. So when we allow the Holy Spirit to have his fruit in our life, he will overcome anger with his peace. Just as an aside, it does say human anger here, and that's quite important because we see in the scripture that Jesus got angry, don't we? He went into the temple, the people were using it as a place to make money, and he threw the tables over, threw people out of the temple, he got angry. And He was angry because he was passionate for God's glory and people were taking advantage of that. And so just, there is a place and there is a right kind of anger. We should get angry when God's glory is at stake, when injustice in others is is being seen. So there is a place for righteous anger, but our human anger will never produce anything good and we must learn to control it. Next one, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And again, I'm going to pair this with one right at the end that says, keep yourself from being polluted by the world. This is talking about getting rid of stuff in our lives that we know is sinful. Jesus talked about, sorry, Jesus talked about us being in the world but not of the world. And there's this picture here of we live in a world where evil is prevalent around us. There's sinful activity that's prevalent around us and it's easy for it to enter into our lives and to be a part of our lives. And there's times when we need to be drastic and ruthless and cut things out of our lives and say, this is not right and this is not for me because I am in the world but not of the world. It's about holy living God said, be holy as I am holy. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says it this way, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Now some of us might be thinking here, I'd love to be rid of some of this stuff in my life. There's things in my life I'd love to get rid of, but try as I might, keeps coming back. And to this I would say, don't give up. Keep battling with the strength of Jesus because there is victory in Jesus. He's dealt with all of that stuff at the cross and freedom from sin and from these things is available as part of our salvation and we just need to keep keep going with it, keep allowing the Holy Spirit to work at those things in our lives. Okay, last one. Look after orphans and widows in their distress. Interesting, we got that notice from John about 
food bank, and for some of us, this will play out in quite a big way where we look after and take care of people. This is about vulnerable people in our society. Orphans and widow in this time were, they had no access to money, to rights, to anything. And just even surviving wasn't really possible in that culture, let alone functioning well. So these were people that were really vulnerable just because of the nature of the way, the place and the way that they lived. And so there will always be people like that. People who, through no fault of their own, are in a very vulnerable position. And this instruction here is for us to look after them, to take care of them. I think this will look different for all of us. For some of us, perhaps it might just be one person that God brings into your life. And God says to you, this person, I want you to take care of them. Because they, they have need, and you have the ability to help them. For others, it will be much bigger things. You know, orchards, looking after people who have gone through real kind of sexual exploitation or, you know, the food bank stuff and the cap and looking after people who are in debt. It's about recognizing that there are other people in our society that God has instructed us to look after. Very active, isn't it? Very practical thing. Um, But I trust that God will show you how that should work out in your life. So, yeah, lots of kind of practical instructions there for us. And... As we kind of come into land here, I'd just like to draw your attention again to verse 25, because it's kind of, I think, kind of quite the core kind of point of this um, passage. It just says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And I've highlighted there verse, um, the words freedom and blessed. It's a sense of looking into God's word, being intentional about looking into God's word, recognizing that it's going to bring freedom, it's going to bring blessing when we actively respond to what we see and read. Our faith is a living, active thing. We need to be growing, going from milk to meat. We need to constantly be seeing God working out new things in our lives, challenging us, shaping our character, um, dealing with stuff in our lives, setting us free from things. So we've got a little bit of time, and I'm just going to give us a chance to respond to this. I'm sure there's many different ways that this can be applied um, for you, and I encourage you just in these moments now to... Just listen. (laughs) Be quick to listen. The Holy Spirit can speak to you even now. So let's just take some time to listen to what he is saying and laying on your heart today. But I just want to also identify a couple of things that maybe God has said to you through through this passage this morning. And the first one is identity. Where have we been getting our identity from lately? Have we been getting it from God's word or from somewhere else? Perhaps... That's something you want to respond to this morning. How is my identity being shaped of late? And then secondly, I spoke about maturing from milk to meat. Perhaps you feel that you have stagnated a bit lately. You haven't allowed that planted word to bear its fruit in your life. And maybe this is a moment to commit, to renew that commitment, not to strive to do more, but to be a hearer and doer of the word by allowing the Holy Spirit to help. 
We're going to um, play a track. It's just going to give you a few minutes to, whilst that track's playing, just to kind of take your time to respond. If there's anything that you want prayer for this morning, I encourage you to come and get prayer. If any of those things have um, spoken to you, or there's stuff that you just like, I could just do with someone praying over that for me today, then come forward during the song, and we'll be happy to pray. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.